0: So, Mike Lindell, oh man, it's, it's hard to talk about this guy because... It's
1: inappropriate or... No,
0: he's so rich. I get nervous talking to rich people.
1: Are we talking in the spirit?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got bear guap is what you're saying. Minnesota-based company My Pillow has been in business for more than a decade and sold more than 75 billion pillows. Mike Lindell started the business in his garage. This just like Paul Young with the shack. He started his business in the Steve garage. Steve Job and Wozniak started Apple in a garage. I got to get me a garage.
1: Yes. <laughs> I only have a one-car garage. There's nothing to do No room to, to think anything in
0: there. <laughs> Tired of not ever sleeping well, he set out to design a pillow that would adjust to each individual's needs. He spent two years coming up with a patent-filled insuring. Uh, sorry, the patent-fill, not patent-filled those are different things. Yes, ensuring my pillow would be breathable and would hold its shape all night long. <laughs> Mike heard a lot of no's in those early years, but never gave up on his passion to share his uh, pillow with the world. My pillow now has 1,600 employees and took in 280 million in revenue last year. Wow! Mike built his business. business On the desire to help people, the promise to listen to his customers and his love of his community and his country. His newest project, the Lindell Foundation, follows those same principles with the goal in mind of reestablishing trust and accountability in organizations designed to help those in need. Mike has created a platform that connects donors to individuals who are struggling with things such as addiction, homelessness, hunger, etc. 100% of the money donated. Check that out. 100% of the money donated goes directly to the individual's needs. The Lindell Foundation has already helped thousands of people around the world, and Mike and his team are just getting started. You know what? Mike Lindell is proof that if you work hard and never give up, you can live your dream. MichaelLindell.com is a website you may want to check out, and uh, another website you might want to check out is MyPillow.com. Well, that's the longest introduction ever. Mike, it was good to have you on the show. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Mike.
1: (laughs) How are you doing? Yeah, that's a that was quite an introduction. <sighs> Thanks, guys.
0: You better live up to that, man. Um, I love. I've been telling everyone you're coming on the show, and I've been doing. I've been saying this uh, from the crack house to the White House, Mike Lindell. What a that's such right a great on. line. I love that. Yeah. Um, I got to start this thing off by telling. I, first of all, disclaimer. I there's no paid endorsement here. They have. They're not advertising with us. But I I'm a pillow junkie, and I have spent. Easily $1,000 on pillows. I've got a C67. C6, I know, seriously. Well, you're looking at me you like
1: that. You a, have a, a C6. Is that a? Brand a of a pillow.
0: No, I've got a C67 issue oh. with my, but you made the face because I no. spent a thousand dollars no. on pillows. Well, it was it was that, and I thought this was an actual name of a pillow. A C67. No, no it's I'm a, sorry. Isn't that a jet? <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say, but yeah, fly like a G6. Um, so I've got this. You know, I, I don't know. I fell off horses a whole bunch of times when I was younger. I played a little bit of football. I mean, I'm tall and I hunch, so I've got this neck issue, and I've tried water <laughs> pillows. Grain pillows—they've got like barley in them or something. I tried to make beer afterwards out of the thing. Mm. Um, I uh, the 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 curvy foamy pillow, the thick foamy pillow, the cool—I've tried every stinking pillow you can imagine, All every right. pillow. Okay. And then I got one of these my pillows, and I, yeah, it drives me nuts. But it works. It is just, <laughs> Mike. I don't know what you did, and I don't really care. All I know is. That it's working for me. It works so well for me that I walked a thousand kilometers on the Camino de Santiago with like three shirts, three pairs of underwear, three pairs of socks, pair of pants, pair of shorts, and I, but I made sure I had my pillow with me. <laughs> really, I got a little travel one, <laughs> and it <laughs> saved my neck. I mean, because I was terrified walking that whole way and having neck problems being in the middle of nowhere. I got neck, neck stretching apparatus on the back of the door. I got I sleep with a, uh, one of those. I'm in a collars? car accident. Collars when you my sleep neck gets with one. when my neck gets really really bad. I have to put that on. Really? But this stinking my pillow thing. And here's another thing. Sorry, Mike. It's my own infomercial. Here we go. I hate a hot pillow. Oh oh, preach, bro. A hot pillow drives me mental. Yeah. And I'm at the age now where my head is so heavy. Right? You, you you grow, your head gets bigger and bigger. I got a big melon in it as it is. But it, even on the, on the, oh, the nice feather pillow. Oh, that feels so good. Well, it feels good for about yeah. the first five minutes. And then it compacts to like concrete.
1: Yeah. And, you know, because we are bald, like our heads heat up the pillow much quicker. Is that what it is? Oh, totally.
0: Okay. Because the hair prevents. All right. The, that, um, that was our interview with Mike and yes. all the best again. Sounds uh, amazing. Do you want to say something here? I just keep going on and on about your pillow. I'm so sorry. Basically, let me well, say thanks, Mike.
1: Well, you're welcome. And they, I'll tell you, you, you mentioned all the, with my pillow, it's such a, a problem solution where everybody had the same problems you just described, where pillows would go flat, you'd use your arm, wake up with a headache, neck ache, all these problems, because, yeah, the down pillow, it feels so good, and it does go down. That's why they call it down. Down is down. <laughs> it's a downer. and, uh, and uh, you got. But with my pillow, we be able to, because you can move it, and keep your neck aligned for you as an individual. And there's only two reasons we get sleep interruptions, and that's your ne- your bent neck or heat. You nailed them both. And my pillow solves both of those, no matter what position you're sleeping in. The adjustability is where it's at. Yeah. I tell people all the time, all the all the hundred percent made in the USA, the sixty ba- day, day money back guarantee, the ten year warranty, you can wash and dry it. Those are bonuses. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yep. You know. Um, you know, the biggest thing is it works. So you can put all the guarantees you want on something, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't mean anything to me.
0: Yeah. My pillow saving ducks since 19, I don't know. When did you start? When did this whole thing start again?
1: <laughs> uh, two, I abandoned in 2005, but I didn't, or, and, yeah, and, but I didn't get big. I was turned down everywhere right away. Um, I don't know if you want me to tell you that little story. I love
0: rejection stories. As someone who is adopted, I love rejection stories.
1: Yeah. Well, I went in. I finally got the pillow made, and I went in. It was it was actually a Bed Bath Beyond store in Minnesota, and I walked in there so excited. I was dead broke. I had four little kids. I was married at the time, and and uh, we we had no money left in the world. I put on this pillow and. And uh, I walked in there and I'm all excited. I go, I have the best bill. Where's your buyer? I mean, how, you know, I'm, this is the best bill ever. And I mean, all this passion I'm pouring out. And the guy looks at me and goes, You need to leave now. <laughs> I'm going, You need to go. And, and uh, I actually, uh, I was turned down everywhere and I went into a, uh, someone said, Well, Mike, why don't you do a kiosk? I said, How do you spell that? And what is it? And uh, it's a yoga position. And I, and we uh, we, you know, we ended up going to this kiosk and, only sold like 80 pills I borrowed money to uh, to go into there from a friend and and uh, it was a it, they just didn't sell um and we uh I took one but the people we did sell to we have people coming back going, wow this is amazing and and one guy said uh, he had got a hold of me he says uh, you the guy that invented this pillow here from Minnesota and I said yeah and he goes well, this pillow changed my life it, it uh since it's not only the best pillow, it's the best product I've ever seen. And I run the Minneapolis Home and Garden Show. Would you like a spot in there? So I said sure, and I went in there. Then I started selling myself, selling or selling them myself, and changed my boot design and got and everyone. I started with the problem solution, and I started talking about the problems And everybody could relate to. The problems. Well, I started doing that. Well, then. It just, I'm going, wow, I sold out that show. And so I go, well, I could do shows. So I did, for the next six years, I did shows throughout Canada and the United States. And uh, all I did was home shows and fairs and everybody. It was what kept me going. People just going, wow, this is, you know, this pillow is me, They come to me and find me at a show to tell me about it. And and then I ended up doing, I said, well, if nobody's going to take me, I'll do an infomercial. I wanted to do it my own, just like me. at a show. I did it with a friend of mine and a real audience. And and in October, October seventh, two thousand eleven, in we went from five employees to five hundred in forty days. Wait, isn't, that sounds like a Bible story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was a, it was a miracle. Absolutely, <sighs> nobody, everybody got their pillows by time for crew. We were hiring people off the street by. Um. Here you know, they go, Mike. You need to be CEO. I go. That sounds horrible. Don't they just steal money? And then I'm going, and then they go. They go. We need an HR department. I said that sounds even worse. I want to make pillows, and we're hiring people off the streets. I'm going. Yeah. What's your name, Mark Luke? Those are good names. Of the Bible. Come on. You're hired. You're hired. <laughs> and uh
0: Did you ever hire a uh, Judas? <laughs> I don't know. We just kept hiring people. Okay. All right. All right. Um. Okay. You. Um. Do you? I gotta ask you, Mike. Do you ever just go? Oh, I don't want to talk about my stinking pillows anymore. Come on, you gotta be like that, right? Sometimes.
1: No, no, because it's such. A, my passion has always been to help. You know, I was a crack cocaine addict, and when I when I got free of that, I mean, I, I this big platform was God's platform, and it's just my reward. My reward is not even or just people that come up to me everywhere in both countries, and I mean everyone, and everyone has the same story. Your pillow changed my life it, it's a miracle um his uh stories of what you're saying you're c6 c7 i get i hear i know all about all those cervical vertebrae and all those problems and yeah. and snoring problems sleep apnea fibromyalgia but everybody's got a different story and it's so rewarding and and uh I just don't. People ask me all the time, how can I have that same passion, keep going all these years later? And I got to go on a, the big shopping network here in about three hours here in the United States and for 24 hours doing this again. And it just, and it, just um, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't change. It just because it's so rewarding to help people. All right,
0: January 16th, 2009, you finally said no to crack and smokes and booze. What the heck happened that day? Like, seriously, that's, that's insane. Well, well, let
1: me let me go let me backtrack. I'll give you a little interesting story. Seven nine months prior to that, three of the biggest dealers in Minneapolis, Minnesota that I dealt with, I was I was down in the I'd been up for fourteen days on uh and uh these they're all new of each other and all of a sudden the worst part of Minneapolis are all in there. I was in this apartment, the one guy's one dealer's apartment, and they're all three together. I go, What are you guys all doing? And they go, Um we're uh, you're how much you got left? He, and I and I said well, I have a few rocks, or whatever. And he goes, they go. Well, we're uh, we're all you're all cut off. He goes, and the one guy goes, we're cutting you off. He goes, I go. What is this? Some kind of intervention? They go, yeah. You know, you made a promise to us that you would uh, that you would quit someday, and you're uh, and you'd come back and help us all that God gave you this platform. And and I'm going, oh, and I and I'm going, what? And they go, and they go. We're not having you dying on us. You're, gonna, you're not going to be able to get any. We, we told everyone in the streets, you're not getting any. Well, two of them left, and the one guy sat there next to me, and I waited till he went to sleep, and I went down in the worst part of the episode, three in the morning, and nobody would sell me anything. And I got back to that room, and the guy goes, he goes, how'd that work out for you? And he <laughs> took a picture. He took a picture, which I'm going to have on the cover of my book. It was up 14 days, and he said. He said, you're going to need this picture for your book. He says, you promised us. And uh, and I was their hope at that time. Well, then I didn't quit then, but it was nine, seven months later and or eight months later. And like you say, January 16, 2009. And I, and I knew that platform that the pillows were just a big platform, something much bigger. Yeah, And I, and I said, okay, I prayed to God. I said, okay, God, I, I want to be free to these addictions. Never have the desire again. And I'll wake up, and I knew that day it was like uh, if, you, if you remember the little black or the I don't know how old you are, but the black and white TVs where it would would go down to just a dot, and you'd turn it on before the dot went out. Oh and yeah, come back love that. My, that, love that. Yeah, <laughs> we all did that as kids. Well, well, I'm going. That dot was just about ready to go out, and and I'm going. You know, my my sister had even said she goes, you know, you were picked for a big calling, and someone else is going to get chosen. That guys. I was tired of waiting and it's going to, it's going to be gone. And my whole company was down to, there was, it was taken. There was so much betrayal and people. Had, and, uh, I didn't have anything left with that on that day, hmm. but I woke up the next day and I'm going, wow, uh, it's gone. And, uh, and it was, it was like a week later, I had to come up with money to, uh, to pay to pay for fabric. Cause this guy was part of the, the betrayal and they were gonna make these other they had taken my company, whatever, but I had to borrow money from guys I had never met before. There were eight of them. They're all in suits which petrified me in the first place. And uh <laughs> I go in there and I'm going I go in there with my pillow and stuff and I'm telling about, yeah, I, these guys are taking my company. I used to be a crack cocaine addict and I'm telling them this story and I need to borrow thirty grand from you and I'll pay you back forty. And the one guy goes, Well when did he quit crack? And I said, last Thursday. And, the <laughs> and they I still gave you money? One, yeah. They still, four of them got up and left the room and the other four, I go, okay, now y'all got to put in 7,500. There's four of you. And, and they ended up giving the money. And to this day, I mean, I had stories like that that you wouldn't even believe in them. They're going, you know, they, we I know it was a divine intervention that they both got, so they all got zapped and going, give them the money, you know? And I, and I went out of there with cash and they never, they never even checked my ID because I didn't have a driver's license. I knew that for, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm great. And uh, ended up, you know, paying them back. But see, these miracles started happening. But three months into it, I said, you know what? I'm going to go back. Uh, I'm going to go to this. Um, it was where our church was. This, um, in fact, I just did a speech there last night. I came back with uh, thousands of people telling this story. And uh, and and uh, I went to there. It was, it was like this living free this outpatient treatment center. And I walked in there, to the counselor, and I said, I said. I said I'm already freed from these addictions, but I want to find out why I had them in the first place. And I'm going to have a book for, a book someday. I use you know, and, uh, and I and I am going to have a platform. that's going to change the world. It's going to of notoriety. But people are going to know this. Uh, you know, um, I'm going to have a foundation someday that's going to be uh, uh, um, different than other foundations. And this platform. This guy went home and told his wife, he said, he ended up being my counselor. He said, you should have seen what came in the door. This guy's got to be higher than a kite. He's got all this delusion that he's going to, you know, have all this stuff. Oh, and uh, But it all came to fruition, and he actually had to tell that story last night. But it, uh, it was just, I, I look back now and I see uh, – What all the miracles that just started happening after that day? Okay, Mike, I've got. uh, Let me be a
0: jerk. That's what I'm best at. I have the spiritual gift of jerkness. So just let me be a jerk for a second here. Um, it's really hard for for me to believe that you woke up the next day and you never did any of that bad stuff again, right? And and so because you're, they say once an addict, always an addict. So are you still an addict?
1: They, uh, it, I was gone. I've never had the desire. When I quit many times in my life, I had been to treatment centers and everything else. Yeah. And I, you know, they go in there and, oh, you know, you've shamed your family. What have you done to your family? And you've and uh, you spent all your money and you get out of there. You had more shame that you had to deal with than you walked in. And I, but I would have, I would nail bite it at times back in the day quitting. And I would have dreams that I'd still be on it and stuff. I've never even had a dream. And you know, not one person ever asked me to do drugs or, or drink or anything again ever from that day wow. First, i didn't get trust right away the drug dealers were the first ones that knew i was done and then the trust was slowly built but it didn't come overnight where oh. they're going wild, well, bikes but Mike's even never used again
0: even when your marriage ended just a few years ago after 20 days you didn't really like you weren't no, you was, weren't yeah. jonesing
1: for something no, no, that was, uh, that was, you know, I've had all kinds of, uh, just because, uh, um, I had uh, quit everything and every, you know, it, um, and miracles started happening. It doesn't mean that things were easy. Adversity always is out there. And, and yeah, I had that very short marriage and, um, I know I never had a desire like, you know, a lot of people, you know, you'll come out of treatment, you'll go, oh, they're just waiting for something to happen. Everybody's threshold's different. You know? yeah, yeah, Oh, my marriage went bad, or, or my uncle died, or somebody died, and then, oh, he, he went back to drinking, and I'm just, well, you know what? You probably would, too. No, that's not true. <laughs> if you're truly freed, if you have if you have uh, God and you have Jesus, when you're truly freed of those addictions, you're not going to have that, uh, um, it's not going to be there. That's just... Uh, All right, I so mean, what, not, um, I, Mike... I,
0: Mike, what do you then say to all those people who prayed the same prayer you did and woke up the next day and continued on in their addictions?
1: No, they, well, what, I'm not, what I'm saying now, if you, if, what I've said before, is I, I, to me, I know that was a miracle, but I also went back to, I went to a treatment two and a half months later because I'm going, you know what, in case the desire would ever come back, I want to find out yeah. what was the underlying cause of those addictions. And what did you find out? So, what they all go back to your childhood. Right. Mine was the divorce at 7 years old. My mom and dad divorced and I was the oldest child and I'm babysitting at 7. I didn't think a divorce could affect you back then. This is back when divorces were not common in the 19 late or late 1960s, early 1970s and yeah. You know, all of a sudden I'm in a new class and I'm going, uh, well, where's your dad? You know, and, uh, you know, father abandonment is a big thing for addiction. Um, They did a study in uh, prison in Minnesota, I mean, uh, in the United States, of how many people in prison, in this prison, do you think both parents got married and then planned the child, had the child, and they were still together like the white picket fence we all dream of? The percentage was zero percent, and that tells you how your childhood with the having you know the the family values and that and that and having uh, that upbringing and and then if you add trauma to that any you know you have you add a trauma to that and that's where, to me all your you know you look at the military when they have that you know it's that trauma that goes on there why everybody you know they got the post traumatic stress syndrome and all these things that happen. I believe that you know from your childhood, trauma can manu- manifest into addictions. You know you got inside pain you don't even aren't even aware of it. addictions or personality disorders, or you can take a third path and that's Jesus, and there's and uh, anywhere in between there and. And so I did learn a lot about that. Where I got the pains in the first place, or what was, why did I become addicted? You know that. You know, there's been so many theories. Oh, you know, you you inherited that. You know, you just, you know, you don't inherit that stuff. This is when you're born, when you're a child. And they, and it's so important right now. Uh, just to let you know where I'm at, I've got a unique platform we're coming out with where we're gonna take addicts. And if you're a 20-year-old, 23-year-old opiate addict, you can't relate to a 60-year-old alcoholic. You want to know a success story, a hope story of of another 22-year-old opiate addict, just like. And uh, so we have a thing where we're going to connect mentors, stories of success with those addicts, and and it's going to be amazing. Like when I the, the month before I quit back in 2009 my friend had come back, he had been clean for three years. He was the first guy I ever did cocaine with in the nineteen eighties. And he had turned to crack cocaine about the same time I did, but he had been clean for three years and he came out and I'm all just, you know, sitting out there with nothing in this whole in this house. I lost the house, a marriage of twenty years and everything else. And and he goes I go, Dick, what are you doing? And he goes he goes, uh he goes, I was praying and he said, uh, the Lord said to come out here and I go, I go, and I just had all these questions from, I go, Dick, I go, is it boring? Is it boring? That was one of my first questions. He goes, no, man, it ain't boring. It's amazing. And I'm going, and but to get those questions answered for someone of your peers is like a lot different than, you know, being in a counseling place where all of a sudden someone's going, well, I went to college to be this counselor for addictions. Well, have you ever been addicted? You know? Um, Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. All right, listen, uh, Mike Lindell,
0: we've been chatting with. He's the inventor and CEO of MyPillow.com. His website is MichaelLindell.com, L-I-N-D-E-L-L. What did I say earlier? (laughs) Saving ducks since 2005 or something like that. Um, So just before we say goodbye, I want to know a couple of quick things, okay? First of all... What's the worst job you've ever had? Was it running lunch wagons, uh, nightclubs, bars, walking beans on Iowa farms? I don't even know what that is. Paper boy, ticket taker at the local drive-in theater, a grocer. What's the worst job you ever had, man?
1: Oh, the worst job. Um, I would say when I was, uh, you know, there was, a, I worked at one factory job for about a month where I was just felt like a number, and uh it was just uh it was running a machine all by myself and it was like you went, you were just lost in the yeah. thing. I mean yep. all the other jobs I had where I was an entrepreneur and I took and even the drive in job, they were there were there was fun involved. Even even walking and I told my kids, you know, back when I worked on the farm where I was walking them beans, you had these big knives, you chop the weeds off a mile down and a mile back and I said, We used to shovel pig manure for fifty cents an hour, my kids looked at me like well, why would you do that? You know, <laughs> you know But it was—you uh, learned a lot of work ethics then. And, I, and but I would say, just uh, um, it would be that it would have to be that one factory okay. I did for yeah. that one
0: month. I, I would have to agree with you. I worked in a factory for one month. It was a Glad garbage bag factory, and uh, all the garbage bags that got gummed up by the machine came to me in crates, and I had to separate them and throw them in a shredder. And it was the midnight shift, and it was summertime, and I was going nuts. But it's absolutely. great. It's a great motivation to get a, to get a better job. That's for sure. All right, final oh, final question for you: If we put Joe Piscopo and Stephen Baldwin in
1: a UFC ring, who would tap out first? Well, that'd be a tough one. They both got a lot of energy. Let me tell you, <laughs> they're, they're, they're
0: they're both your buddies, right? I mean, your pals Piscopo are these guys,
1: very close friends, very close friends. I was just with Stephen last night. We were doing an event like I said at my church in uh, in the cities, and yeah. uh but they both have an energy. I'll tell you what. Joe Piscopo is one of, is probably the most talented guy I've ever met as first. You watch him perform, he does all these different instruments, he is singing. I mean, just multi-talented is what I mean, multi-talented. Yeah. And then you got uh you got Steven uh, his, his acting ability. I mean, I watched him do a and one hour, one man performance, and and he's not even looking at the teleprompter. And all of a sudden, I see these tears coming down in the green room. I go, Stephen, those look like real tears. How do you do that? And he goes, Brother, those were real tears. I'm going, I don't know, <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, my, I again, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy, dude. I know you're at the <laughs> prayer breakfast this week down in Washington. Yep. And uh, and I know, I just want to let you know that I'm very very sorry about one part of your life. I'm I'm so sorry that you're you're hanging out with Larry Ross. That's just got to be a painful thing <laughs> you endure.
1: Amazing. I was just on the phone with him a few minutes ago. <laughs> you you guys have done your due diligence. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Larry's an awesome guy. Yeah, he is. He is a good
0: guy. All right, listen, Mike. Thank you very much. And uh, seriously, thanks for the stinking pillow. I mean,
1: really, oh, thank you. Yeah, well, that's I'm so glad it's working for you. And you yeah. should get in touch. You guys should. You guys should go. We do commercials with you guys.
0: Yeah, that's something we'll have to look at. I'm. I'm I wanted to make sure we had you on before we got all the. You know, looked into that stuff because I wanted my compliments yeah, to, yeah, be, the, to uh, be real.
1: That's why radio. You know, radio is my best outlet, even better than TV, because you know what? If you don't believe Mike Lindell, as soon as you change the radio host and you get them and their families, fit, it's like. You just want to tell the world. Yep. And now uh, you're you're a perfect example of that. Drank the Kool Aid, Mike. Good to talk to you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Take Thanks care, man.
0: Yep. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.